and good afternoon, GRN listeners across the South and Central Texas listening area. This is your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Sean, your host for the program every Monday at noon. I'm also your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network's South and Central Texas listening area. Thank you to everyone tuning in from Marble Falls, from Fredericksburg and Kerrville and Uvalde and right here in good old San Antonio. Uh, I am so thankful that you've decided to spend this hour uh, in getting caught up on all things Catholic in South and Central Texas. Uh, on the program, uh, you know, we try bringing you various and informative discussions highlighting different people, ministries, and events going on in the Archdiocese of San Antonio and parts of the Diocese of Austin. Uh, today, we're excited to speak to Father Chris Munoz, uh, pastor at Blessed Sacrament Catholic Church located just off of San Pedro uh, at 600 Oblate Drive. Uh, he'll be on to talk to us about many things to include his own vocation journey, um, you know, the Eucharist, and to tell us more about his parish and some of their upcoming events. Uh, so again, I'm so excited to uh, have him on today. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, let's get today's program started the way we should do all things, and that's in prayer. So as we pray, please ask that the Lord would make his will known to you and for the grace to accomplish his will in loving obedience. So would you please join me in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, and your blessings on all that I do and the grace of a holy death. Amen. St. Vincent Kahn, pray for us. St. Joseph, head of the Holy Family, pray for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray, pray for, for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Wow. So again, that was, um, you know, that was a prayer to the sacred heart of Jesus uh, in this month that is still dedicated to the uh, sacred heart of Jesus. Uh, so you'll continue to, to hear that prayer uh, as we progress along in the month. Uh, I want to get you caught up on a, you know, a few things uh, going on within the Archdiocese uh, of San Antonio. Uh, yesterday, I had the distinct pleasure, of course, um, in in attending the you know the diocesan celebration of the feast of Corpus Christi, you know uh, this took place out at uh, Mission San Jose, and I, I got to tell you, listeners, uh, if you haven't done this, uh, you know, in, in the past, if this you know feast or, or this celebration uh, of this feast, you know, isn't something that. Uh, you've, you've done, uh, this was my first time and I would highly encourage you, uh, you know, to, to, to make it a point maybe to, to get there, uh, you know, next year. Uh, you know, this is an archdiocesan celebration. So there were so many people out there, um, you know, from all over really to, to take part, uh, in, in this wonderful and holy, uh, you know, feast. You know, Archbishop, uh, Gustavo Garcia, uh, Sierra, you know, was the main celebrant. It was celebrated, of course, with our auxiliary bishops. Uh, you know, uh, Bishop Mike and Bishop Gary. And it was just, it was beautiful, you know, and uh, I got to tell you to be out there on those 
those grounds with that many people. Um, and after, of course, this beautiful celebration in, in Holy Mass, uh, knowing that we were, of course, also, uh, you know, kicking off this, uh, you know, this three-year, um, you know, reawakening, uh, and dedication to the, to the Eucharist, it, it was great. So we celebrate, of course, the, you know, uh, solemnity of the most precious body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you know, on Father's Day, uh, which was a beautiful thing also. Um, and there were three, you know, we, we processed and to hear the singing, you know, the, the folks, uh, throwing the, the rose petals. I mean, it was definitely a, a sight. And I'm sure if, uh, you know, if you didn't get a chance to, to be part of that, um, I would encourage you to maybe visit the, you know, Archdiocesan website or go to, uh, Today's Catholic or, uh, any one of those, uh, you know, media, uh, outlets, uh, and check it out because it really was a, it was a beautiful event, uh, again, to be able to process and hear us singing, uh, songs of praise, uh, to our Lord. Uh, it was, it was awesome. Uh, also, you know, since we're, you know, talking along those lines of, uh, you know, the Archdiocese, you know, the Archdiocese, um, you know, I want to also make you aware that, the Archdiocese, uh, you know, continues to campaign, uh, to help, uh, Sacred Heart Catholic School in Uvalde, uh, and they're addressing, you know, long-term needs as it prepares to, to serve more children. Of course, uh, you know, just, you know, under a month now, uh, it's been a few weeks now that devastating, uh, you know, school shooting Uvalde, uh, which took the lives of 19 children and two teachers. Uh, it's really, you know, elicit, you know, elicited an outpouring of, uh, you know, grief and prayers from around the world, uh, and for their victims and, you know, for the victims and, and the families. Families and for the entire community. Uh, so with all this, the Sacred Heart School and Parish, uh, which is just really a, a four-minute drive from, uh, you know, Rob Elementary where the tragedy uh, occurred, uh, the school and church, are, you know, they're providing uh, much needed space uh, for grieving uh, and such. Um, you know, Father, uh, you know, Father Eddie, um, who is the, you know, pastor out there at, you know, Sacred Heart Church and Principal Joseph Olan, um, you know, they've opened up uh, Sacred Heart School uh, with the assistance of the Catholic Schools Department of the Archdiocese uh, to provide free counseling services to those uh, still uh, in need uh, and those most affected. Um, a lot of families, uh, including, um, you know, families with students who attended uh, Rob Elementary, Elementary uh, have expressed a desire to enroll their children at Sacred Heart School uh, in the fall. Uh, up to this point, now uh, in early June, as of early June, uh, there were already six families uh, that had already done that, and dozens more have picked up enrollment packets. Uh, and uh, have scheduled tours. Uh, and some of the questions that, you know, constantly are, are being raised, um, you know, what security measures are there to keep the children safe? Uh, are there, you know, uh, what's, uh, are there any help with the cost of tuition uh, and are there counselors available? Uh, so currently, there are 55 elementary school students uh, at Sacred Heart School, uh, but the capacity, uh, you know, is uh, 170. So, uh, if you are able to, if they're able to raise the additional funds, and um, of course, that's where we can come in and, and help out. Uh, the additional funds would allow, um, you know, allow the the school to ease the anxiety of of the families uh, who are interested in, in attending, um, uh, who will be coming back in the fall. Uh, you know, and of course, with more security tuition assistance, uh, a counseling staff, uh, they can fully embrace, uh, you know, additional children, uh, and, and families who have experienced, uh, you know, this horrific, uh, tragedy. So, uh, if you want to learn more uh, about the, um, you know, how to help the archdiocese in its, uh, campaign to assist a sacred heart Catholic school, uh, you can, uh, you know, go to, uh, the, you know, website, you know, for it, it's, uh, givecentral.org forward slash sacred heart Uvalde. Or you can also text 
the word Uvalde uh, to 210-750-6712. And again, this is a, a wonderful program. Um, to help with tuition assistance, counseling services, um, and such for the you know families in Uvalia in need of uh, this immediate and long term care. Um, so uh, you know, please again continue to keep the community of Uvalde uh, in your prayers. Uh, you know, I spoke of course you know also regarding the you know um, the the celebration that took place uh, there in Mission San you know Mission San Jose, um, you know regarding the celebration of the most sacred uh, body and blood, uh, and in this. In this three-year period, um, you know, that we enter, you know, you know, the USCCB has called for this Eucharistic revival. And I, I gotta tell you, you know, now would be a very good time, uh, to, to really step up and ramp up your, your devotion to, uh, the, the precious body and, and blood of, uh, of our Lord in the Eucharist. Uh, for, for a lot of us out there, we kind of just go through the motions and, and take, take it for granted that people would, you know, I mean, if you, you, you call yourself Catholic, it almost seems like, you know, you, you ought, you know, you, you automatically believe, but that's not the case. I mean, stu- you know, I mean, we've all heard the, you know, the, the reports and the studies and, and the numbers. I mean, just 30% of, uh, of Catholics, you know, believe in the real presence and that's a travesty, you know? So again, I would encourage you to not just for yourself, uh, but for those around us, for, for our friends, our family members, you know, everyone that we care for, um, you know, that we would encourage, you know, all those that, you know, we care for to participate in some way, shape or form, um, you know, a reawakening of our love for Jesus in the Eucharist. Um, you can look at your, I'm sure, you know, you can look at any parish uh, website any parish bulletin, and there's going to be something um, that's going to allow us to to grow in our our love for the Lord um, in, in the Eucharist, and in a very real way, because the Lord is real uh, in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Uh, so again, I would highly encourage uh, you know encourage all that. Uh, a couple of archdiocese uh, archdiocese events I did want to bring up, uh, especially for you uh, for the young Catholics out there. You know, for Catholics in their twenties and their thirties and uh, or so. Uh, I'm a little outside that that group, but I'm sure they would still welcome me with open arms. Uh, but theology on tap, um, you know, for June 2022. Uh, so this Thursday, June 23rd, uh, you know, at the Blue Star Brewing Company, taking place at seven o'clock. Uh, so the Bruce, uh, Blue Star Brewing Company is located there on 1414 South Alamo Street, uh, you know, Suite 105. Uh, and this Thursday, uh, the presenter is actually uh, Auxiliary Bishop uh, Gary Yannick. So Bishop Yannick is going to be out there. He's on to discuss uh, the topic. Uh, and the topic for this event is being there for others, you know, vocation as a call to service. Um, and of course, each one of us, you know, has been placed in this world for a reason. Uh, Pope Francis calls this reason our vocation, uh, which is always connected to the notion of being there for others. So uh, in the life of a young person, it's normally has to do with two basic issues, forming a new family and working. Uh, and in some cases, it might also include the call to the priesthood or the religious life. So in any case, this approach to the topic of vocation opens the door uh, for the transformation of our whole existence into a great love story. Wow, that sounds like it should be a very interesting uh, presentation uh, by none other than, uh, you know, Archb- or by uh, Bishop Gary uh, there. And that, again, that's going to take place at the Blue Star Brewing Company June 23rd, um, you know, and that's at 7 p.m. Also, 
Um, you know, you have worship on the river. Uh, so worship on the river is being held on the third Tuesday of each month at St. Joseph's Catholic Church, uh, in downtown San Antonio from 630, uh, PM to 8 PM. Uh, join other young adults for adoration, confession, and fellowship. Uh, you can also join them on the, uh, you know, the, the live uh, stream on Facebook, uh, but you know this uh, this Tuesday. So tomorrow, uh, June twenty first, um, you know is, is the next one. Uh, this is worship on the river being held again uh, the third Tuesday of each month, uh, and so that will be tomorrow, uh, June twenty first at St. Joseph Catholic Church. Um, and for, for more information on anything having to deal with uh, the young adults, the youth uh, of, of our archdiocese, uh, visit the archdiocesan website, archsa.org um, uh, for that. Um, a couple of things also I wanted to, to discuss with, with everybody. Um, you know, from uh, St. Anthony Mary Claret Catholic Church, uh, if you're a, a man who has not yet uh, been on a retreat, or maybe you've gone on a retreat and you'd like to, to, to go again, um, you know, St. Anthony Mary Claret uh, is inviting uh, you to encounter uh, the merciful Lord uh, for their men's acts retreat uh, July 7th through 10th. Uh, this is going to take place at the Cordy Marion Retreat Center. Uh, for more information or to register, you can contact Brett Godkin uh, at 210-954-2358. Uh, you can also visit their, their parish website uh, and look at the uh, bulletin information on that also. Uh, St. Anthony Claret uh, is also looking uh, to uh, fill a position for a, a youth ministry coordinator uh, that's needed. Um, so I think, you know, if you feel the call to serve, if you feel to the call to serve in this capacity, um, you know, you can contact Anne. Uh, she's at 210-688-9033. Uh, and this, this one really caught my attention too, as I was, uh, you know, as I was reading over it, but this is the St. Anthony Claret Tailgate Rosary, uh, you know, presented by uh, the Knights of Columbus Council 10090. So, so tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, June 21st at 730, um, this is going to be followed by a fellowship hour, um, you know, parking lot by the pavilion. Uh, you know, bring your family, your rosary, lawn chairs, uh, and leave the hot dogs to them. So that sounds like a great evening there. You can RSVP uh, for food. Uh, you can email council one zero zero nine zero at gmail uh, dot com uh, and to our listeners uh, there in the you know on the outer edges of the diocese of, of Austin you know Saint Ferdinand uh, and Good Shepherd Catholic Churches uh, you know Saint Ferdinand Teens Renewal Retreat is uh, going to take place July seventh through tenth uh, calling all teens the Renewal Retreat is a three day and three night retreat um, you know it's going to be presented by um, you know men and women so for more information. On that, uh, you can contact Ashley at 361-676-8480. That music means we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking and chatting it up with Father Chris. Stay tuned. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. If you're looking for a gift to give your spouse that's not fattening or expensive, listen in. This is one of the most precious things you have, but you can give it to them every day. Do you know what it is? 
your time. Do you have time every day where you and your spouse check in and connect together? If you don't, start brainstorming right now about when you could fit it in. Maybe when you both arrive home, you can take a few minutes to step in private just to ask how our day was. Maybe it's getting a few minutes earlier in the morning to make coffee together. It doesn't need to be long, but it does need to happen every day. If you and your spouse are ships passing in the night during a busy season of life, take at least five minutes alone to hug, talk, check in, and connect. A successful marriage is made up of little things like this. Commit to having a daily connection with your spouse. It may turn out to be the most important gift you've ever given. To find out more about connecting with your spouse, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Do you really believe in a secret catching away of the church called the rapture? The pages of your Bible are empty of that type of talk. So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, solid biblical doctrine is time-tested. This rapture idea got its wheels rolling by John Darby in about 1830. I mean, have you heard of a third coming? You know you haven't. Secondly, God's nature. There's no reasonable premise in Scripture, let alone in moral reasoning, for the results of a rapture scenario such as this. A Christian pilot is yanked, raptured, out of his jet, while scores of the remaining passengers who are not Christians violently crash to their death. Meanwhile, said pilot is basking in the presence of God. This is absurd, and believe me, this is preached day in and day out. Thirdly, bad fruit. The preacher at your church says, Tonight, don't you be left in that pew alone, while that person next to you gets raptured straight up into heaven. That, my friend, is folly with no foundation. And welcome back, folks. This is In His Vineyard, your live and local program every Monday at noon, right here on your local GRN station uh, in South and Central Texas. Um, of course, you know, it, this is such a pleasure to, to be here today uh, to welcome our, our fir- my, my guest. Uh, but before, uh, you know, I welcome Father Chris on you, know, I did want to mention also that we've got some special uh, special in-studio guests today. Uh, we've got uh, Miss Laurie and uh, Miss Christina and uh, Alex. Uh, they are joining in. They're they're hanging out with us today. Uh, this is super cool. Actually, the first time I've had some in studio guests. And you know, if you'd like to you know sit in on a show sometime, uh, you know, give me a call. All right, my number is two ten. Five seven nine nine You can also email me. My first name is Sean, S-H-A-U-N. And yes, as I've said before, my parents decided to spell it incorrectly. So please understand where the U is at in there, okay? <laughs> but again, uh, without further delay, I would love to bring on uh, Father Chris Munoz, pastor at Blessed Sacrament Catholic Church. How are you doing today, Father? I'm outstanding. How are you? <laughs> You know, I got to tell you, uh, when I called you, uh, you know, last week or so and was able to finally, uh, you know, reach, I know you're busy. I know with like <laughs> seven or eight masses you're celebrating, not to mention the school and on and on. I, I was prepared to leave a message, you know, when I, got, when I got the phone. And then when you picked up, I thought, oh, man, I might, I might need to go play the lottery today. Don't you know? worry. I was ready to let it go to voicemail, <laughs> too. But Amen. the Spirit inspired me to answer that day. Well, thank you so much for doing so, Father. Uh, you know, I want to first, um, you know, I want to first get you, you know, I want to first introduce you to our listeners. I know there's uh, the, you know, you're, you're a gift to the Archdiocese, Father. Uh, and I know uh, parishioners, your parishioners and parishioners who have been able to uh, interact with you and have gotten to know you, you know, feel very blessed uh, to, to know you. But for those that aren't familiar with you, Father, 
Can you give us a, a little uh, a background? You know where you're from. Uh, you know how long have you um, you know have you been a, a priest for the archdiocese? And uh, maybe give us a little bit of a background as to you know uh, your 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 journey in your vocation, Father, if you don't mind. Sure. I'm originally from El Paso, born and raised, El Chuco, Chuco Town. For those of you that are El Paso, I know there's a lot of people out here in San Antonio from El Paso or in this area. So born and raised in El Paso, went to high school, Hanks High School, if anybody, and grew up in church was, was always a part of my life. My parents, I used to say, I like to say, like to start churches. <laughs> so wherever they would move, it would always be in a new area and they would start a church. So I think while we were in El Paso, we helped start two churches and then came to San Antonio and eventually was one of the founding members of Padre Pio. So oh, wow. church was always a wonderful part of our of my my growing up. I mean, we would have confirmation classes at the house. We would my parents were always doing stuff. We were always involved in everything. I was an altar server from I think the moment I could serve and then until the moment I moved to San Antonio, I think. So it was always church was kind of ingrained and instilled in everything pretty much that we did. I always said my faith was my parents' faith. And so it all started with with them. So came to San Antonio in 96. I've been here, I guess that's 26 years. I don't know the math uh, anymore. I lose track. I keep saying 25 <laughs> years, but I feel like I've been saying that for 25 years. But been here in San Antonio, loved it. I say it's a bigger, greener El Paso without the good Mexican food. Don't take it personally, El pa uh, San Antonio. But uh, I love it. I love San Antonio. I've been a priest now for seven years and loved every moment of it. I, my mom said when I was five years old, or I think when I was making my first communion that I said I wanted to be a priest. I don't remember that per se, but I've always been, you know, amazed by the priests that I served with when I was, uh, when I was a kid, you know, was always being involved in the mass. The mass was always central to everything that I did growing up, even in high school you know, and it was always important. And so I think right when I graduated high school, I thought, you know, seminary, it seemed logical. Yeah. And I applied for seminary in El Paso and didn't show up. So they accepted me and then I kind of backed out. I didn't even call them. I just never showed up again. Wow. And so I ran into the vocation director many years later and I was like, <laughs> well, here I am. And, but I went many years. It always felt like there was that calling and it wasn't until recently that I kind of really made sense to me because I was reading something about John Paul II when he was explaining his vocation and he said it was unexplainable. You couldn't really explain what it means to feel called in the way that God calls because everybody is different. Everybody has a different calling and the way God calls each of us. And it was, I always described it for a long time as mosquitoes. You know, the calling was kind of like a mosquito. It was like, leave me alone. <laughs> you know, like it's that... <laughs> You know, it's like, leave me alone. And, but it was always there. And then finally, you know, I, after a long, I was a professional student in college. I mean, for many, many years, I knew how to take classes, not very good at graduating. And, you know, many years of going to school, finally, you know, in graduating and got my first job after graduating with a degree in marketing from UTSA, go Roadrunners. Um, it was, I got laid off. That was 2007, eight, when the mm -hmm. economy kind of took a dive. Yeah. And I thought, now what? So I went to El Paso to visit my grandmother and ran into some friends from church. And they asked me, are you still thinking about it? And I said, not really. I said, I haven't ruled it out, but I'm not thinking about it. And a friend of mine said, we need to talk. And we went and talked. And before you know, he was asking, we were going through the pros and cons of, of, uh, 
being a priest and that doesn't answer anything. But it was nice to go through the pros and the cons. And eventually he just said, just stay here in El Paso and pray about it. So he goes, you don't have a, you don't have a job to go back to. You don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> you don't have a wife. You don't have children. So it was sounding pretty depressing after that. I didn't have a whole lot to go back to. So, but the one thing I did have at that time was freedom. I had time. I had the freedom to really sit and discern. And God gave me that opportunity to really discern. So I stayed there for about seven weeks in El Paso praying about it, going to this one chapel. And as we talk about Eucharist, I go to the, it's the Adoratrices on Cotton Street in El Paso, and they have a beautiful chapel and they're cloistered nuns. And I remember going to their chapel every day almost and regularly and praying. And they have this huge monstrance. It's about the size of me. And they would always have the Blessed Sacrament exposed and just sitting there before the Blessed Sacrament and the and I didn't know what it was at that time, sure. you know, the divine mercy. And I would just see that, Jesus, I trust in you. And it was just, finally, it was like, okay. And it was when Benedict came to the U.S. So finally, I just said, you know, I won't be a worse person for going into the seminary. So I said, it's, uh, I said I'm putting it into God's hands and yeah. the rest is history. Amen. You know, I would ask you too, Father, um, when you finally came to that decision that you were going to be entering, uh, you know, seminary, uh, what was the, the reaction, um, you know, maybe from your, your parents and such? I mean, what was the, the family's reaction to, to this momentous decision for you? Finally. <laughs> I, think there were, I think everybody else kind of saw it. And so it was kind of like, finally. Well, I think it was just, finally, you've decided what you really want to do. Yeah. I always felt like a ship without a sail, kind of floating around on the ocean, never quite knowing what, what I wanted to do. I never had that. I want to be this, or I want to be that. I mean, I said I wanted to be a priest, but I kept ignoring it. And finally, when I went into seminary, it was kind of like everything kind of fell into place. And I think everybody else saw that. And they were like, my parents were ecstatic. So. Yeah. And, um, you know, I want to ask you too, uh, you had mentioned, you know, you would be praying you know before the you know Jesus and the blessed sacrament and you know how interesting that of course you know we we just celebrated the, the feast of Corpus Christi uh you know yesterday and the USCCB is kicking off this 3 year um you know campaign to really reawaken uh, our our love um how you know when you're when you're in prayer you know there before the the blessed sacrament um how how did that time with Jesus really kind of clear up you know for you in your head that where you needed to be I think it's like from a couple of weeks ago, we had the, the, the gospel when Jesus is right before the ascension. He's telling his disciples, he has, he's going to return to his father and he tells them, my peace, I, I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives it, do I give it to you? Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. And I think at the end, it was kind of just being there in that chapel, hearing those nuns, knowing the, the vocation of these nuns who have given their life to prayer, yeah. being before the Blessed Sacrament, you know, you just find a sense of peace. And it's like I preached a couple of weeks ago. It's like a peace that the world, only Jesus can give. And it was just being at peace. And I think when we're searching and sometimes we're restless, trying to figure out what do I right. want to do? What am I going to do with the rest of my life? And right. there's this restlessness. And then when you're there, it's kind of just this peace. And so it it kind of makes sense then. It's like, well, if I find peace here, then this, you know, trying to f- follow that peace in Christ. Amen. Um, you know, as you talk about peace and you talk about the peace that Christ gave you and 
I I can't help but to you know always go back to that that quote from Saint Augustine. You know, my heart is restless until it rests in Thee. You know, and uh, how beautiful it is because it really is uh, you know something that is written on the human heart. We are all searching, right? And, and I know uh, we'll talk more about searching for sure. sure. Uh, but you know, we are all searching. You know, and and you know the you know the the love that God has for us. I mean, it is on our heart, and we're constantly going to try to f- you know find something to either fill that right, or we can just kind of submit uh, to Him. Mm-hmm. And, and I hope uh, really uh, most of us would choose the latter, and uh, you know, myself included, to submit to Him. You know, we pray constantly to. Um, to, that the Lord would reveal His will to us, um, and we we constantly pray uh, that we would have the grace to accomplish and do that will. You, you know, mm-hmm. so how you know I, I really love how how you talk about that, and uh, for myself included, I prior to coming on to the GRN, I did I would spend you know hours you know I, I'd go to adoration you know daily, uh, and really pray, you know pray Lord you know. Um, what do you want me to do? You know, I was kind of at a crossroads. I was doing sales. I was doing all sorts of stuff. And, you know, I, I really wanted to serve. Uh, and lo and behold, uh, you know, I'm chilling in a parking lot somewhere and I hear, you know, Richard Reyna's uh, ad say, <laughs> hey, have you ever thought about, you know, working for Catholic Radio? You know, mm-hmm. so I uh, I love how, uh, you know, you, you, t- you I appreciate you sharing that w- with us. Um, you know, I want to ask you also, you know, now that you are into the, you know, now you've been a priest for how long, Father? Seven years. Wow. I can still remember you as a young priest uh, there at St. Anthony Claret and, and such. Not that you're not I'm, young. I'm still a young yeah, priest. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, you're still, you're still young, Father, all right? Don't withhold, you know, absolution from me because I made that comment. My okay. beard <laughs> defies that, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, in, in that time, um, so can you tell us, you know, where what, parishes were part of that journey to help get you to where you're at now. Oh my goodness. I've one of the blessings of seminary is I've I've had the opportunity to serve and be a part of many parishes in the archdiocese. And so one of my first parishes, well, my home parish was Padre Pio. So that's where my parents are. That's where I went and helped for many years before seminary. Then my one of my first parishes was St. Luke's. Oh wow! So with the music, we're gonna. I'm gonna have to sure. put a pause on that, uh, Father. Um, you know, when we come back, we'll continue uh, this conversation. Uh, you're listening to In His Vineyard, your live and local program. Don't change the station. We will be right back. In a story that's making waves all across the Catholic world, the first gay marriage blessing was taking place in Bologna, the very diocese of Cardinal Matteo Zuppi, who is also the new head of the Italian Bishops' Conference. To talk about that on Catholic Drive Time tomorrow morning, Edward Penton from the National Catholic Register will join us to catch us up on all the latest coming out of Rome and the Vatican. Join us 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. There was no single event. It was more gradual. My husband was not Catholic, and at the time, I didn't really think that it really mattered which church we went to because we all loved God and we all loved Jesus. And that was the start of my journey out of the Catholic Church, where I remained out of the Catholic Church for over 30 years. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing. 
and something not complete. When I um, started to read the Bible, I could see that our Catholic faith is steeped in Scripture. I could see some of the sacraments in Scripture. I could see some of the liturgy in Scripture. I wouldn't be the spouse. I wouldn't be the father. I wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to share your Catholic faith with one another. Wouldn't it be great if everyone eagerly shared their faith? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. And welcome back, GRN listeners across the South and Central Texas listening area. This is your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. Um, Again, this is Sean, your host. Well, I'm Sean, your host. (laughs) I also happen to be your general manager for the GRN in South and Central Texas. Really glad that you've uh, decided to spend this hour getting caught up uh, on all things Catholic with us here. Uh, Before we went to break, having this conversation with Father Christopher Munoz, uh, you know, pastor at Blessed Sacrament Catholic Church. Uh, And before we went to break, Father... Uh, you were talking about the the parishes, um, you know, that you've been able to to be part of, um, you know, on your journey you know, to you know Blessed Sacrament. Can you pick up where you left off, Father? Sure. So, like as a seminarian, as I said, I've been pretty much all over town. I was at uh, St. Luke's, one of my first, where I really got involved with the the Spanish community there and sure. the, the Spanish choir and doing a lot there. I was at uh, Holy Redeemer, doing RCA and working at Holy Redeemer for for uh, a year. I was at uh, St. Agnes as a as a as a deacon. It was wonderful on the on the west side. I was at uh, St. Anthony Mary Claret. I was at I'm now I'm going to probably leave some of the parishes that I've been at. I've been all over, and it's been a blessing at every parish. All the people, the communities that I've been able to be a part of. But St. Anthony Claret was my first parish as a as a priest, and now being at Blessed Sacrament. Yeah. And I was at St. Gregory's as a, on my internship where I got to work in my first time in a Catholic school. I did not go to Catholic school, so it was wonderful working. I did I got to teach PE for sixth grade. It was wonderful uh, learning experience for me and I'm sure for those students. And so it was just all over. It's been, it's been wonderful. And Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Selma. So I pretty much hit all the corners, I think, of uh, San Antonio. So, well, uh, again, uh, as I mentioned in in the opening, uh, I have the pleasure of speaking to uh, you know parishioners from all over, uh, and anyone who has had the you know uh, pleasure of um, having you as their priest or has you know had the chance to to meet and get to know you. I mean, everyone just absolutely loves you. So, again, so glad that you're you're here joining us today. Um, you know, when we when we spoke last week, I wanted to kind of focus the you know, focus the, today's program on really recapping, you know, what the, the solemnity, the solemnity of, of yesterday, uh, you know, was all about and, and the significance of it. So we, you know, we did celebrate, you know, the solemnity of uh, the most holy body and blood of our, our Lord. Uh, and I wanted to, you know, hear from you, you know, I, you know, uh, regarding, uh, the significance of this, uh, of this feast day, um, our devotion to the Eucharist, you know, why is it important for us to, to really grasp what Mother Church, uh, you know, teaches us in, in regards to, you know, 
you know, Christ's real presence. Can, can we maybe, uh, you know, start yeah. there? Well, it was wonderful body and blood of Christ, the feast of uh, the solemnity of Corpus Christi, our parish feast day, you know, yeah. everything. And since I've been at Blessed, you know, I got to take over from a wonderful and amazing pastor, Father Jack O'Donohue. And I, I said, it, what a challenge to come behind a priest that people loved so much. He'd been there for 26 years. And, you know, I had the opportunity kind of to take the baton from him and right. really just continue to to build what he had already on, what he had already started. And, you know, really it's as the church of the blessed sacrament, you know, tr- the center and the summit, the source and summit of all that we believe and all that we do in our faith, you know, revolves around the Eucharist. Christ's gift to us, you know, Amen. himself that to help us to be a little bit more like him each day, each time we receive him, how we become, can become more like him. And so, the importance of that and the importance of of knowing that it is truly him and i think that's one of the things that our world is is slow is fading from that understanding that it is christ in that it is not a symbol of christ that it's not a representation or a reminder of christ but that is him body soul and divinity in in that piece of bread and in that chalice you know in the wine and the body and blood of christ and so how important everything really needs to really focus or come from all that we do comes from that. And so even in our ministries, everything, we say the largest ministry in our, in our church is the mass. The mass is the largest ministry and everything derives its life from that. I said, and without the mass, you know, we, where does our nourishment come from? Sure. And so it's what nourishes us, what strengthens us, what gives us. I mean, imagine going around without eating all day, how hungry we become. And and I think we're seeing that in our world today, yeah. a world that is truly starving, you know, because of the the lack of receiving him and knowing him in that in that in the mass. You know, I would um I, I would ask you too, Father, um, as we you know, as we talk about the, you know, because you're gonna people are gonna be our listeners are gonna be hearing about this Eucharistic revival. They're going to be hearing more and more uh, mm-hmm. about the Eucharist. And in fact, um, if you want to learn more about that, you know, just visit, you know, the, the USCCB, you know, the USCCB's website. Uh, again, every, there's a hyper focusing, uh, on the Eucharist, uh, you know, in, in these next three years. So, uh, just like, you know, in a loving relationship, um, you know, it takes time to kindle, you know, that, that love. Um, well, it's going to take, you know, that, that time to really, Re, reawaken our love for Jesus, uh, you know, in the Eucharist. Now, you know, people can, can talk about, you know, or can question, you know, how did we get to this? Uh, but I think the main question is, I mean, yes, we have to look at, you know, how, you know, what's been taught or where did we find this, you know, kind of this, uh, this downward, you know, kind of, you know, trend, um, in, in our lack of, uh, belief. But, in learning from that and looking at what's transpired, but we also have to keep our focus and eyes ahead, yeah. all right? Our eyes on the prize, okay? So, you know, regardless of, you know, who people want to put the blame on, you know, factors that, you know, have added to this, but we have an opportunity right now, all right, to move forward uh, and really just uh, focus our attention on really, again, yeah. reawakening that love for the Eucharist. Your thoughts on that, Father? Well, I preached this Sunday because we heard the people that were following Christ. Yeah. They were following him and all, I'm sure, looking for something, in need of something, longing for something, whether it be healing or many of them were probably just hungry. And it's Jesus and recognizing the hunger of the people who feeds them. And at the end of it, 
the hunger that they had, they leave satisfied. And I think it's what I preached this weekend, you know, young people, I, I was asking some of the young people and nobody knows who they are anymore, but it's the, the Rolling Stones, you know, how does that song go? I can't get no satisfaction. Yeah. And I said, that's our world today. It's a, a world that's dissatisfied, a world that's chasing the wind, the world that's chasing the things, the material things of this world or in our relationships and in everything. We're chasing something that's trying to satisfy. We're trying to find some satisfaction in things. And we still find ourselves chasing the wind with nothing to hold on to and leaving dissatisfied. And I loved one person that said, our souls uh, are like black hole, a black hole of discontentment. And where do we find it? We saw the people, they leave satisfied when it was Jesus that fed them. And so we have the answer to many of our ills in our world today. I mean, I see so many people that are just not happy. Sure. So many people that are longing, you can see this longing in so many, especially young people today. And we say the, the answer to, to all of it is, is turning to Christ, seeing that Christ is there with us and that he leaves himself there for us, that he offers himself for us in the Eucharist in every church around the world, in that each tabernacle, there is a place where Christ is there waiting for us, waiting for us to come spend time, just like my mom is waiting for me to call her right now, Yeah, you know, and to go, I'm supposed to go eat with them tomorrow, but <laughs> you know, she's always, when are you going to call me or whenever it's like, and it's Jesus waiting for us, waiting us for us with this longing and waiting because he says, I'm here. I am what will satisfy that which the world cannot satisfy. And so it's how have we gotten here? Well, at the end, we say it's remembering Jesus, who he is and that he is there. Amen. So, you know, I want to ask you, Father, uh, for your message to those, you know, tuning in right now, what would you say are some very practical ways where we can really, you know, kind of ignite that flame for our, our love for Jesus in the Eucharist? What are some practical everyday, you know, things that we can do in our daily life? Part of it is just, turn. well, like in every mass, the first thing we do before we receive him is we look to the word. We prepare ourselves to receive him as we listen to the word of God as we read from the Old Testament, the New Testament, from the Gospels. And it's, it's following that. First is turning to the Word, turning to prayer. Who are we receiving? We have to build a relationship with Him. And just like my mom, if I don't call her, yeah. you know, it, my relationship suffers. And so I have to call her like a friend. If I never call, if I never talk to them, at the end of the day, do I, am I still friends? You know, right. maybe we might pick up where we left off, but I have to maintain that relationship so part of it is just praying and know that I have someone to turn to and turning to Christ in prayer, turning to Christ in the word, in God's word, and then going and just going to mass, going to mass. And I know sometimes it's hard to stay focused sometimes, yeah. but that we're there. And I think it's also knowing that he's there waiting for us and that we can take, you don't have to spend an hour in adoration. An hour is great. Right. Two hours is wonderful. Yeah. You know, 10 hours if you could, if you have the time. But at the yeah. end, it's, if you can go spend, I have one lady that comes to church every night because I leave the church open until nine o'clock. I open it at eight in the morning and, it, and I lock the church at nine o'clock. The church, the doors, the adoration chapel, everything's open. And so I have a lady that will come, that would come in, especially all through COVID. And she would come in like at, 8.55. And she just says, Lord, I just need a 
five minutes. Wow, and beautiful. so she would just come in for five minutes just to say, thank you. And so that's it. We don't have to spend 10 hours in the adoration chapel. Right. Sometimes it's just saying and recognizing that Christ is there and taking those five minutes. If you have five minutes, stop in, say hello. Amen. Uh, again, folks, if you're tuning in, this is In His Vineyard, having this wonderful conversation with uh, Father Chris Munoz, pastor at Blessed Sacrament Catholic Church. Um, you know, we, we wanted to, to talk, uh, you know, a little bit more uh, regarding this, you know, the, this wonderful solemnity of the uh, celebration of the most holy, um, you know, body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because, uh, of course, you know, we, we get in, you know, we, we go to Mass, we hear the readings, we hear the homily. Um, and we don't really get a chance to maybe dissect it all and, and take it all in. Um, so, you know, this is a, a wonderful time, I think, with the kickoff of the, uh, you know, Eucharistic revival that the uh, USCCB ha- has called for. Um, so, uh, again, I, I'm, I would encourage, you know, just like Father saying, you know, prayerfully consider, you know, spending some time. You know, I think a lot of times, like for me, um, when you hear that hour, you know, I, I'm going to go spend an hour. Yeah, it, it can sound daunting. You know, it, it can sound, you know, oh my yeah. gosh. And I, I mean, what am I going to pray about? You know, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to talk to Jesus about, you know, in, in this hour? Uh, so it, it can kind of seem like a drag for, you know, I mean, and we don't want sure. that, you know. So I, I really appreciate how uh, you, you open it up to it's not about the length of time. It's that quality of time, right? Absolutely. And if you get the chance to spend five minutes of five quality time. Five can lead to 10, 10 can lead to 20. Amen. When we come back, uh, we'll continue this conversation. Don't change the station. We'll be right back. The Archdiocese of San Antonio is seeking additional funding to provide facility safety and security measures and to ensure three years of tuition assistance and counseling services for Uvalde families who are in need of both immediate care and a commitment for long-term support. To help provide financial assistance to these efforts, visit givecentral.org forward slash Sacred Heart Uvalde or text the word Uvalde to 210-750-6712. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard the church criticized for defending celibacy? What about for defending marriage? Have you ever heard it accused of showing contempt for women, but also sneered at because only women go there? Have you ever heard it attacked for asceticism, but also for extravagance? How about for being dull? How about for being too garish? How about for being too worldly? or too unworldly, or insisting that people confess their sins, or showing too much mercy to sinners. Notice any contradiction among the critics? G.K. Chesterton says, here's a broad and simple test. If you hear a thing being accused of being too tall and too short, too red and too green, too bad in one way, and too bad also in the opposite way, then you may be sure that it is very good. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org And welcome back, folks. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Sean, your host for the program every Monday at noon. 
I also happen to be your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network, South and Central Texas listening area. Uh, the South and Central Texas listening area uh, it is made up of five beautiful Catholic radio stations within the GRN. Uh, those stations are located in Marble Falls, Fredericksburg, Uvalde, um, you know, here, San Antonio, uh, and Kerrville. So, um, you know, we want to continue this conversation that, you know, we're having here with Father, uh, you know, Chris Munoz, uh, Blessed Sacrament Catholic Church, pastor over there. Um, and, you know, this has been, you know, awesome to, to talk about. Uh, and before, you know, we, we went to break and during the break, Father, uh, you know, I, I wanted to, to ask you, uh, what are some things that you're doing there at the parish, uh, you know, to really uh, to help facilitate uh, this Eucharistic revival within your own parish? Well, since I started at, at Blessed, we started a holy hour every Wednesday. So every Wednesday after the 530 evening mass, we have a holy hour and benediction. So if I want people to come, we have to offer opportunities. So yeah. I, we, every Wednesday at six o'clock, we have a holy hour. We pray the, the rosary. We sometimes will pray the, the litany of the Eucharist or whatever yeah. litany is appropriate for that month. Like sure. this month we did the litany of the Eucharist. We should also have done the, the sacred heart, but it's really focused on that. And then sometimes it's divine mercy. And so we, we pray and then benediction afterwards. And then every first Friday of the month, we do, especially with our school, we have uh, benediction. We do first Friday benediction following a, at the end of mass. We try as much as possible on, on a weekly basis with our school to have, uh, it's not a holy hour. We say the holy 15 or 20 minutes with the kids, yeah. <laughs> especially with the attention span of some of the little ones. So we have, we give them time to come and spend time with Jesus or we lead them in meditation or give them a little bit of quiet to be there in front of the blessed sacrament. So it's slowly building up and just continually try. And we have an adoration chapel that's open from eight in the morning while well, we have mass. So 8.30 in the morning until nine o'clock in the evening. Yeah. Like I was telling you, that lady that comes in at five, sometimes she'd be there and she'd be praying and she'd say, I'd see her praying and she's like, are you lucky? I was like, no, 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 keep praying, please keep praying. And while you're praying, say a prayer for me. I'll come back, stay as long as you need. I was like, I'm just glad you're taking advantage of the, yeah. the, the chapel to pray. So, and we're hoping in, as school starts back up, we have a series that we're gonna do. It's only three, three uh, sessions, but it's called Presence, the Presence um, from the Augustine Institute on the formed application. So, or for the form app. So we wanna keep, adding things yeah. and trying to keep everything really focused, especially at our church, keep focused on the blessed sacrament. Like this last, this last weekend, we walked, we had a procession. We had about a hundred people from the parish wow. that walked in procession around the neighborhood. We did benediction after all the masses. And I'm, I'm sure many of the parishes did something very similar, yeah. but really celebrating Christ in the Eucharist and our, our namesake, our parish feast day. And, you know, we look to the blessed sacrament for all that we need. You know, when, when you had mentioned that, of course, you know, that the namesake of the parish itself, I didn't even think about that, you know, when we were scheduling this. So, I mean, it's amazing mm -hmm. how the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, really, you know, really works uh, in, in profound ways. Um, and I loved how you talked about also, um, you know, when you were having this conversation with, with the lady, uh, I'm just, you know, when you say, hey, I'm just glad you're, you're taking advantage of, of the time. Because how often uh, does that occur? I mean, you would know more, you know, better than I that, you offer yourself up, you offer your the parish up, you offer all these different ministries, right? Sure. Just to see a handful of people. 
Mm-hmm. You know, um, so again, I would highly encourage you know those that are listening, uh, those that want to re you know awaken your love for the Eucharist, take advantage of you know uh, of the Adoration Chapel, you know, really, and offer that Adoration Hour uh, or you know that Adoration Time, you know, for for a specific intention, you know, like. Father Chris, you know, like Father, you know, Father Marchin, like Father Lynn. I mean, all our priests. We all need prayer. Amen. You know, um, you know, so I would highly encourage you. I know, you know, Richard is always, you know, when, when we go out and we're, we're talking to folks about, uh, you know, the, the work that we do here and really proclaiming, uh, the holy name of Jesus and the, and the teachings of his church, uh, you know, through these airwaves, you know, he is huge on, you know, um, promoting, holding and, and celebrating a holy hour for the parish priest, for our bishops, uh, you know, because it is important. I mean, you, you guys are, are there laboring in our Lord's vineyard. Um, and so it, it goes without saying that, you know, you could use the, the I mean, you're never going to tell me, oh, I've got enough prayers, Sean. You don't need to pray for me, right? No, no. Every <laughs> prayer, I'll take any prayer I can get right now. That, that, that's or right. That's, anytime. that's right. So again, take advantage of, uh, you know, your parish ministries. I mean, uh, a lot of, t- and I hear it a lot um, where you have the Adoration Chapel, you have these different ministries going on, but with minimal participation. Folks, we've got to wake up, you know, and take advantage of, you know, how, you know, we, we can, uh, really grow, you know, in, in our, our faith, uh, how we can take our spiritual journey, uh, you know, serious, you know, cause it is, it, it needs to be something that needs to be at the forefront, you know, just like, you know, uh, and then again, this isn't a knock on anybody. I mean, I, I've walked this journey, you know, alongside, um, with, with, with everyone here listening, um, you know, but, you know, if you've got commitments, you know, sporting, uh, events, you know, with the kids, you know, uh, recitals, this dinners, that, you know, special engagement with this. But I mean, when are we going to put Christ first? You know, when are we going to put our faith first? So I, you know, that's, that's what I, you know, I have to tell myself too, you know, and we're always open to ideas. At least I'm always open to ideas yeah. and what more we can offer, what more we can do. And sometimes we just need to hear from the people too. Cause that's it's right. like, this is what we're doing. Well, Maybe that's not what people want. Maybe they need something else. And so we offer, but I also like to know what is it that we're not that, sure. that would benefit, that would that would be good. We like to hear from the people. Yeah, that feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Amen, amen. Uh, again, folks, we've got just a couple of minutes left uh, in this wonderful conversation, uh, you know, with Father Chris. I told him when he came on the day, you know, he's gonna, we're going to be talking, you know, for about 45 minutes or whatever. And, you know, we're looking at, you know, each other and like, you know what? It's going to go by fast. And it, it really <laughs> does. So I, I'm so glad that you had an opportunity uh, to join us today, Father. I want to ask also, you've got, a, you know, quite a few things in looking at the bulletin, uh, you know, there for Blessed Sacrament. What else do you got going on uh, over the summer? I see a vacation Bible school, uh, you know, from June 27th to July 1st. Uh, you've also got this youth leadership conference. And can you tell us, uh, you know, uh, about that, more about, you know, that, that search that you were talking about? So this, we have one program right now that we're doing. It's called The Search. And they're basic fundamental questions of life. Yeah. And, but very profound questions. One of the first sessions was, what are you searching for? And I think all of us, it's like, what are we looking for? And ultimately, sometimes we're looking for happiness, I think a lot of us. And it's, what are we searching for? Even Jesus, when they were following, he turned around and he says, what do you seek? Come and see for yourself. And so I think it's a fundamental question. Then who are you? What is, why God? I mean, this is the first three and then there's six more. I can't remember everyone that follows, but they're all, why the church? You know, they're fundamental questions. 
that I think all of us may be asking or haven't taken the time really to think about and ponder. So we're doing the session. We've had luckily about 40, 50 people wow. per, per session. Yeah. And, and this is a bilingual. Um, we're doing it English and English Spanish. and Spanish. Okay. So there's two sessions happening at the same time. Okay. Every Monday at 7 p.m. So it's been, it's great. It's through the Augustine Institute. So it's been great. And then we have our young people. We have a, a young adults group that's really starting to take off. They've been yeah. meeting for quite a while. Now they're opening it up to, to everyone and they're, they're on fire, really wanting to see how they can really make themselves, uh, put themselves to be the service in the church. Amen. So our, our young adults, which are always an important demographic sometimes a lost demographic and how to approach yeah. them. And so that's that's wonderful. So we're really blessed with our young adults. We have our youth leadership, which is kind of, um, I think it's five to six parishes that are kind of helping with this and sure. that are working, we're all working together where they are looking at some of the, the teens that have really shown that leadership and trying to keep them really on fire and doing something. And so they're meeting and, and doing uh kind of to t uh, doing retreats and things like that. So it's really just to uh, keep them engaged right. and on fire and building community within them as uh, they're in high school. So that is awesome. So uh, again, uh, I mean, you're doing great things over there at uh, Blessed Sacrament Father. I'm so glad, uh, you know, that you had a chance to come in. And before, you know, the music cuts off, cuts us off, would you leave, uh, you know, us uh, here in the studio with you and to all our listeners uh, with, with the blessing? Sure. Before we go to that real quick, I just wanted to say we're blessed to have a school. So we have its Blessed Sacrament Catholic Church and school. So we do have a Catholic school and we're blessed with all the wonderful ministry that our school does and preparing our students academically, but more importantly, too, spiritually Amen. to keep that faith part of their life. And so as we turn to God always, as we look to the great gift that he gives us in himself, in the Eucharist, as we look to the Holy Spirit that he sends upon us at our baptism and confirmation, the spirit that would continue to guide us, that that spirit continue to guide all of you and strengthen you in all that you do. And in the reception of the Eucharist, keep us strong in our faith in this life and in the life to come. So may God bless all of you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, wow, Father, thank you so much for that. And thank you, dear listener, for tuning in today. Uh, you can catch us again next week, same time, same station on the GRN um, you know, radio network. Um, again, God bless all of you. And uh, let's all continue to labor with love, joy, and zeal in our hearts in his vineyard. Take care and God bless. This is Jesuit Father Robert McTague, host of The Catholic Current, where we bring Christ to the world and the world to Christ. We look at current events through the eyes of faith. I hope you'll join us each Monday and Friday for guests and topics you can't afford to miss. That's The Catholic Current, heard Monday and Friday right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. Hi folks, Sean here, and what a joy it is to let you all know that this year's Fishers of Men dinner was a success. I'm so grateful for the many sponsors and individual donors that helped to make that happen. I especially want to thank Miss Sandy Kiabasa for her tremendous generosity. Because of your charitable support, we can continue to keep our airwaves Catholic across the South and Central Texas listening area. Thank you again, Miss Sandy, and may God continue to abundantly bless you. I was actually raised in the Catholic Church. I, I um, 
went to grade school uh, through sixth grade, and pretty much about the time I went to high school, um, I stopped attending church and really didn't think much more about it for a number of years. The return to church, the Catholic Church, was somewhat of an evolution. I thought I knew what the Catholic Church believed and taught, but uh, learned very quickly from somebody who knew far more about the Bible than I ever hoped to know. Uh, I learned that the Catholic Church, what it truly taught, and that that's where I needed to be. I'm a recovered alcoholic and drug addict. Without God in my life, I'd probably be dead. God has literally saved my life. I feel like I'm truly on the road to um, the fulfillment of, of really all of my desires, uh, which is ultimately to spend eternity in heaven with myself and my family. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Your connection to our treasured Catholic faith all day, every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio 